0: It says, and they took their journey from Elim. And all the congregation of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month, after their departing out of the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The wilderness has a way of bringing out the worst Qualities in people. And the children of Israel said unto Moses and Aaron, Would to God we had died, even by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by flesh pots, we did eat bread to the full. But you have brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. Verse 13, came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. When the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness there lay a small round thing, as small as the hoar frost on the ground. And when the children of Israel saw it, they said one to another, what? Or rather, it is manna for they wished not what it was. Moses said to them, This is the bread which the Lord hath given you to eat. Verse 31. And the house of Israel called the name thereof manna. And it was like coriander seed, white. And the taste of it was like wafers, made with honey the taste of it was like wafers made with honey to preach for a few moments tonight at thy ladder l-a-t-t-e-r at thy ladder in at thy ladder yeah let's put our Bibles down and let's pray God, we love You. I thank You for this great church. I thank You for Your infallible Word. Your perfect Word, God, in which there is no fault. There is no fault of thought. There is no fault of fact. There is no fault of theology. But Your Word is forever settled in heaven. And God, I thank You for Your Word. God, I pray that Your Word would find its its place in our hearts tonight, in our minds, in our spirits. God, I pray that we would leave full of faith, that we would leave filled with encouragement, that we would leave filled with hope, that we would leave filled with strength. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Why don't you clap your hands unto the Lord tonight? Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. We find in Exodus 16 that the children of Israel are on the move. They have made their exit from the land of Egypt and they are encamped In a place called the wilderness of sin. Is there any special meaning to that? I don't know. But that's where they are geographically. It's between Elim and Sinai. It is the 15th day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt. They have been out of Egypt just long enough for the scars to have scabbed over. They have been out of bondage long enough that they no longer have the dried mud between their toes. It's been a month and a half, two and a half, no, a month and a half since they have last felt the taskmaster's whip on their backs until they have last heard the shout of their bondmen. It's been just long enough for them to have tasted a life that they never thought possible. They had only heard of when the children of Israel had lived outside of Egypt, but they had been in Egypt for generations now. For over 400 years, they had lived under the bondage of the Egyptians. Uh, They've been there a very long time, four centuries uh, and a span. And we find that now they have been just out of that environment. They've just been displaced from that for a month and a half. A month and 15 days. And now... Because everything is not going their way. I'm going to preach tonight. Now, because everything is not going just the way they decided it ought to have gone. Well, if, if this is really God's plan, then, then why am I feeling this way? And, and if this, then why this? And if that, then why this? And so on and so forth. And Moses, if this is, you said you were bringing us to a land flowing with milk and honey and we, you just brought us out here to starve to death. At least when we were in Egypt, we were sitting next to, to pots of, of meat. At least we had food in our bellies, but you had whips on your backs. You were oppressed. You were depressed. You were pushed down. You were not a people. You were not a people. You were not a nation. You were only a family. I don't say that tonight to minimize family. But God's, God's plan for their life was bigger than just their home. It was bigger than the four walls of their slave tenement. It was bigger bigger than Pharaoh's vision of treasure cities. He said, I don't just want you to be a family. I want to make you a nation because there's a promise that I want to bring out of you that's going to touch the entire populace of the world. But here they are, a month and a half out of that environment. And now they're complaining to and about the ones that brought them out. The whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. I'm trying to be careful. when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full my belly was full i had egyptian beef sandwiches flesh pots you all trying to figure it out too imagine how moses felt after everything god had done to get them out Serpent, lice, mice, and frogs, grasshoppers, darkness, blood, boils, boils on people, boils on animals, darkness so thick that candles couldn't dispel it, I believe, at all. They're heaping frogs after the frogs have the plague of frogs had been ended, but the frogs didn't just bounce away into the wilderness. Now they've got heaping mounds of frogs they gotta deal with. And God did all of those things to get Pharaoh's attention, and he would soften, and he would harden Pharaoh's heart, and then he would soften it again, and then he would harden it again. And ten plagues later, he has, he has, uh, usurped his authority over every god of the Egyptians. And he has proven himself to the Egyptians, but he's also proven himself to the Israelites. And after all of that, at the sound of grief, at the sound of the wailing, at the sound of the mourning, uh, not M-O-R-N, M-O-U-R-N, at the sound of the mourning, at the sound of the grief, at the wailing of mothers and fathers over their dead firstborn children, the children of Israel who are been, have been untouched by the plague, by the angel of death and now they have gotten up and they're marching out with their pockets filled with the Egyptian gold their knapsacks, their backpacks, their suitcases uh, their pockets, their shirt pockets, their coat pockets Baskets, bags, every container they could get a hold of Filled with Egyptian gold, Egyptian jewels It's back payment for 420 years of slave labor And they said we want to go out and we want to worship God But just a month and a half later I come to tell somebody Don't you ever forget where God brought you from Don't you ever forget the sleepless nights. Don't you ever forget the headaches. Don't you ever forget the withdrawal. Don't you ever forget the brokenness. Oh, because if you do, it'll be a lot harder to worship God. But I'm telling you, if you'll keep it in your mind, you got a song the angels cannot sing. If you'll remember what he's done for you when you wake up on Sunday morning and you don't feel like coming to church, you'll go ahead and get out of bed. I'm going to let you in on a little secret right now and I'm probably going to regret it later. I have preached to you two days after having serious medical procedures done. I have preached to you and you want to stay at home because you got a headache how far have we fallen i preach to you with bronchitis i preach to you with covid i'm just saying i don't ever want to forget what he's done for me it's worth the brokenness of my body it's worth my discomfort I don't want to forget what he's done for me, but here they are, and they've said their, their bellies are hungry. Their bellies are hungry. Came to pass, here they are, and they're complaining. They're this, that. Children of Israel. Would to God we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. And I expected living for God to be a lot easier than this. Maybe it would have been better if I'd have just died in the world. That's essentially what they're saying. At least we had the flesh, but we did eat bread to the full. Brought us forth into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Let's just go ahead and fast forward and let the horse out of the gate. They which do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Then said the Lord unto Moses, behold, I will rain bread. I see their hunger. I don't like their murmuring, but I already had a plan for the hunger. I'm going to skip way ahead. He said when the dew fell down, when the dew evaporated, there was this bread-like substance on the ground. The Israelites didn't know what to call it. So they they named it a, a, a Hebrew word that means what is it? I don't know, but what I do know is that it came from the heavens of God. It came from the hand of God. He poured it out for me. I can't quite explain it. I don't quite know what it is, but I do know that it tastes like honey. It tastes like honey. We're not in the promised land yet, but we're going to a land that flows with milk and honey. And God said, I know that you're hungry, so I'm going to give you something that tastes like where you're going. You hear what I'm telling you tonight? He said, I know that you're not where you want to be yet. I know that you're not in heaven yet. I know you're not in the promised land yet. But here is the earnest of your inheritance. It's going to taste like heaven. I'm going to give you a taste of what it is. I come to preach to you tonight. You need the Holy Ghost so you can get a taste of heaven. taste of it was like wafers made with honey what is it I don't know we're just going to call it man we're going to call it what is it I don't know what it is but I also know there's some stipulations on the what is it I don't like rules but you didn't like being hungry either I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not preaching the next two Sundays. So you're just going to get it with both barrels on both Wednesday nights. Because I love you. He said, you tell them to just pick up what they need for that day. And if they try to hoard it to themselves... It's going to stink. It's going to breed worm. But that's my natural tendency. I want to be the first one in the line to the buffet, Brother Jason. I don't much care if these jokers behind me eat or not. Standard, how would our approach be if when we got full, worms appeared on our plates? Ate the rest of our food. That's what happened. He said, You take what you can handle for the day. It's not that he was trying to get them to live beneath their means. There was blessing attached to living for God. But what he was trying to do is he was trying to say, Sister Blaze, I need them to understand. I'm giving you today what you need for today, but I'm still going to be here tomorrow. And you get through today with the daily bread. And tomorrow when you wake up, it's going to have another shower of prayer that pours out. And the day after that, and the day after that, he said, I'm trying to establish a pattern of faithfulness. I'm trying to establish a pattern of faithfulness. But it was two-way faithfulness. I'm getting you in the habit of every day when you get up, you go out and see what I'm going to do for you today. But I'm also establishing the pattern of faithfulness that every day when you wake up, you understand my mercy is new every morning. He could let me go hungry today, but he's not. It's establishing a pattern. Of the people understanding that God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my God as well. It's establishing the understanding with people that had only ever known bondage. That my God cares about me. He doesn't just care about me on Sundays. He doesn't just care about me on Tuesday nights for corporate prayer. I just, He doesn't just care about me on Wednesday nights for midweek. He doesn't just care about me Thursday nights for discipleship class or Friday nights for youth, Saturdays for praise team practice. Lord. I hate having a busy schedule, but what if that busy schedule is helping establish God is faithful? He's done so much for me. What's my vapor? Life's just a vapor. What's, What's that? He's establishing patterns. He said it tastes like wafers. They said it tastes like wafers made with honey. If we were to rewind to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7, the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry. Their cry by reason of their taskmasters. Was so great that it got God's attention. And I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them. You look at that in the light of the Messiah. Some of y'all prayed prayers when you were under the influence that you didn't even know you prayed. Some of y'all prayed prayers in dark places that you didn't even realize the power of that prayer. It was a sinner's prayer, but it was getting God's attention. He said, I heard them. I've heard them. I know their sorrow. I've heard their cry. Elder, he said, and I want to deliver them. I want to deliver them right now. I want to deliver them where they are. I want to deliver them from their taskmaster. I want to deliver them from the bondage of sin. I want to deliver them out of the hell that they are living in. He said, and I've come down. Come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Out of the hand of the world. He did for them by delivering them physically out of a foreign land. He did it for us by delivering us out of a strange spiritual land. He said, but I don't want to just bring them out. From the hand of the Egyptians, but I want to bring them up, out, and into a land, a good land, and a large land, unto a land that flows with milk and honey. That's where I want to get them. But between here and there, they're going to need a taste. They're going to need a taste of the latter end in the here and now in order for them to have the strength to make it. Exodus 16 and verse 35, And the children of Israel did eat manna forty years. Until they came to a land inhabited, they did eat manna. Until they came to the borders of the land of Canaan, God gave them that manna on a daily basis. He wants us to understand tonight that we don't have to just consistently live off of the leftovers. Neither do we have to just barely scrape by. physically but also spiritually more importantly spiritually we, we we talk about that and all of a sudden we just start thinking about money he doesn't want your prayer life to be dry he doesn't want you just dragging yourself to every certain oh there's gonna be days There's going to be season. But it doesn't have to be that way forever. It doesn't have to be that way forever. That's why during worship tonight, we felt the presence of God. And I started pushing. I started pushing. Somebody needs an example. We've got new converts that need to see seasoned saints worship. Somebody's going to teach them how to worship. It needs to be you. But here we are, a month and a half out of Egypt, and all of a sudden we gotta pump ourselves up to worship. We gotta pump ourselves up. I know that it's that way sometimes, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus, I can let that be short-lived. I can let that dry season be short-lived. And all of a sudden, starting to get a little taste of the latter end, in the here and now. It's starting to feel like heaven. Yes. I start to feel His presence uh, in a great and a powerful way. Uh, and all of a sudden, uh, things begin to change. Uh, circumstances don't matter so much right now. All that matters is me and Him. All that matters. Uh, I know there's bills due. There's always going to be some bills too. Uh, but what matters most, uh, i got to get in His presence. We live in a dark world. We live in a world that can make us sad. We live in a world that can make us angry. We live in a world that can make us anxious. But in His presence, there is fullness of joy. He said, and I know that you're hungry. I know that you're in a wilderness. You may never have been in a wilderness before. Or if you were in a wilderness, you were under the the watchful eye of Pharaoh's taskmasters. But now you got a taste of freedom. But now you got a hunger in your bellies. But I want to give you a taste of the land to which you're going. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. He wants us to experience freshness in our walk with Him daily. Freshness. Freshness. His word boosts faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Yeah, that's that's the preached word of God, but it's also the written word of God. Why did you think, Pastor's driving, hey, you need to be reading your Bible every day? Every day. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, it's, it's April 12th. We just entered into the second quarter of the year. If you're behind, you got to, you got time to catch up and keep up. Catch up and keep up. There you go. You got time to catch up and you got time to keep up. You need to be reading your Bible every day. I know that it, it it's, it, we got to make time to do it sometimes, but you know what? He made time to die on Calvary. The worst thing that could happen to me while reading the Bible is I get a paper cut. By His stripes I'm healed. Hallelujah. I read the Word of God, and there's faith that's interjected into my spirit, and there's faith that's interjected into my mind. And I like today. I'm reading that, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm David ran to the trenches. You know how many times I've read that, and I've never seen that. 33 years old. Never seen that. The Holy Ghost when I was five. Have I read the Bible as much as I should have? No, I haven't. But I read that story a lot. I've never seen it. It's alive. And it's a little taste for what he wants you know there's coming a day when we have the opportunity to rule and reign on earth with david the age of ages uncle dave tell me another story please uncle dave tell me ishbabina who was he really Goliath's son, Goliath's nephew, Goliath's grandson, Goliath's brother—Who was he? When you picked up that rock from that brook, that you have one and that, they, that you labeled Ishbubinob, when you picked up five smooth stones, there was one giant that you were facing that day, and you only used one rock. Historians tell us that Goliath had four brothers one of them, and you were picking up a rock as a, as a 16-year-old boy saying, I'm going to kill me some more giant. Uncle Dave, tell me! What am I doing? Every time I'm reading the Word of God, I'm getting a little taste of what it's going to be like. My faith, Abram. My faith, Noah. Uncle Noah, tell me! Uncle Noah, I know that you worked for 120 years, but how did all of that work pay off when you heard the rain hitting the top of the earth? I'm getting a little taste of what it's going to be like every time I open the Word of God and I do my daily Bible reading. That Word's a lamp to my feet. It's a light to my path. Build up your most holy faith. What is he doing? He's given us the tools, to taste, a bit of the promise. I come to encourage somebody today who might be going through a wilderness. You keep living for God. You keep living for God. Deuteronomy eight three. he humbled thee, suffered or allowed you to hunger, and then he fed you with man, which thou knewest not. What is it? Neither did your daddy know. Your ancestors had never tasted that. You mean to tell me that Jacob never ate manna? Isaac never ate manna? Abraham never ate manna? No. Brother Isaac, they didn't. But in the progressive revelation of God to his children, he said, I want to give you a taste of something they didn't have a chance to taste. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't have the Holy Ghost either. Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah, and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego didn't have the Holy Ghost either. But now you and I have the Holy Ghost. He said, I want to give you a taste. I want to give you a taste of what it's going to be like when you get there. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make thee to know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. Moses is telling the children of Israel that God had used difficult times that they had faced to prove himself to them. If we were to fast forward or jump down to verse 16, it says, Who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, and that he might prove thee to do thee good at thy latter end. I've come to tell somebody that's been riding the struggle bus. i come to tell somebody that's been putting struggle gas in your struggle car. That's been sleeping in the struggle bed in your struggle home. God's got plans for you. You. I'm going to say it again God's got a plan you keep holding on you you bite into this thing with the ferocity of a pit bull It says you're going to have to kill me before I release I'm not letting go until the latter end I want to see everything that God has Nehemiah 9:20. Thou gavest also thy good Spirit to instruct them, and withheldest not thy manna from their mouth, and gavest them water for their thirst. Nehemiah is a long way from Exodus. A long way. Hundreds of years. Hundreds of years away. But He's reminding them. You got hungry. You got thirsty. He didn't withhold from you. You're here tonight because God is not withholding Himself from you. He is not sitting back Sick, twisted pleasure. We could think of it this way that I wonder what went through their minds when they crossed over the Jordan River and the manna stopped and they ate their first meal from the Promised Land knowing that God had allowed the inhabitants of Canaan to stay there to build their farms for the Israelites. How much more were they able to appreciate the blessings of God because they had ridden the struggle bus? How much sweeter is it going to be when it all comes together? How much more am I going to be able to shout when the times are fat because I live through the times of lean? How much more am I going to be able to wear that carpet out in that new sanctuary because we've had to unclog pipes and we've had to put our fingers in holes in the roof and we've had to scrimp by and we've had to do this and we've had to do that. I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to learn how to cut a rug on this old carpet because when we cross over, it's going to be that much sweeter. How come to let somebody know God's got a letter end in, in mind for you? I'm thankful for every move of God we've had in this building. I'm thankful for every move of God we've had in this sanctuary. But I'm going to tell you what, this old fat boy is going to get out here and play some basketball when we got a new sanctuary to have church in. I'm going to play some ball in here. Why? Because we can. And because I realize it hadn't always been this way, baby. But don't you despise a day of small things. Ah, It's going to be that much sweeter. He withheld not their manna from this, his manna from their mouth. Gave us them water for their thirst. The apostle of the New Testament would say, and they all drank from that rock which followed them through the wilderness. And that rock was Christ who was already giving himself. Brings it into context when you realize that Moses wasn't able to go into the promised land because he smoked the rock twice. Because that rock was Christ. Giving himself. He was only going to be smoked once. Next time you speak to me, I've got to let somebody know. Everything you need is right here. We could fast forward hundreds of years. We could read in 1 Samuel 14 of a man by the name of Jonathan, who with his armor bearer, we read it yesterday. He and his armor bearer go up to the garrison of the Philistines, and there's there's a, a a fortification there, and it's just Jonathan and his armor bearer, and Jonathan's the only one with a sword. His armor bearer doesn't have a sword, the only people in the whole nation. That have swords, are Saul and his sons. And Jonathan talks to his armor bearer. And he says, I really want to go up here and whoop these guys. His armor bearer never says, well, it's just two of us, John. He says, I am with you. Whatever your heart's telling you to do, Johnny, I'm with you. You don't have to turn around and see if I'm coming. We think of armor bearers and we think of, he's out in the front. That's not the way armor bearers were. At least not in Israel. Jonathan was in the front and his armor bearer was in the back and Jonathan would knock them down and his armor bearer would make sure they were dead. Nobody's getting up and coming at my master's back. He said, I'm with you according to your heart, John." Whatever you say, I'm here. You don't have to wonder. You don't have to question. You just know I'm coming. If there's breath in my body, I'm with you. He said, okay, we're going to show ourselves to these guys. And if they say, hey, why don't you all come up here? We're going to show you some things. If you're mad enough, come on up. we will have a party. That's what happened. He said, we're going. They climb up on their hands and their feet. Crawling. It's a steep place. They're going. And they get up there, and I believe the number was about 20 men. And they smite the garrison of the Philistines. They do it together. The Philistines had swords. They kill the first one. And now the armor bearer, who we don't even have a name for has got a sword. Maybe, he's, maybe he hit the first one on the head with a rock. I don't know. The Bible tells us that there is a shaking in the host of the Philistine. And it's you can study it out. You read it yesterday. It's, it's rippling out. It's in the hosts, it's in the liars, and in the waiters, people. it's in the spoilers. It, 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 what Jonathan and his armor bearer did in that little half acre plot is rippling out. And all of a sudden now there's Israelites that have been hiding in caves. They don't even know what's going on. All they know is they feel something. They've been hiding in caves. They've been hiding behind rocks. Some of them have gone home. And some of them have joined the Philistine. But the, the spirit of victory, this this the, the 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 effort made by Jonathan and his armor bearer had a supernatural effect, and it starts pulling people in. It discomfits the Philistine army, and all of a sudden the Israelites that are with the Philistine turn their swords against the Philistines. Start killing the Philistines. Now, Israelites are coming out of caves. They're coming out of rocks. Some of them have gone home. They're coming out of their houses. They're like, man, I want to be a part of what's going on. And they wage war all day. Victory after victory after victory. They wage war. And Saul and his army, they're like, okay, something's going on. Who's, who's missing? Tell everybody who's missing. Somebody says, uh, sir. It's old Johnny boy. It's your son, Jonathan, and his armor-bearer. They're gone. Two men in unity. It's rippling. The Israelites are tired. Jonathan meets up with the army. And they see this beehive that's so heavy with honey that it's broken apart some of it's laying on the ground. And Saul in his ignorance said, everybody's fasting today. You well, go to there and wage war on an empty stomach? Yeah. i go ahead. Jonathan was already gone. He didn't get the memo. And he takes his staff and he dips it in the honey. Eats the honey. Now, all the guys are looking at him like you just signed your own death warrant. But he looks at them and he says something. He says, Look at my eyes. Eyes have been enlightened because I partook of the honey. I partook of the promise of the land that flows with milk and honey. Let's stand tonight. He said, look at my eyes. I've been enlightened because I tasted a little of this honey. He said, I know that you're faint. He begins pleading with his father, Dad, listen, we were just hungry. We weren't trying to disobey. We were just hungry. Look at these men. They're they're faint. They've had great victory today. They've been waging war today. The men of the army get so hungry that they start spoiling the army of the Philistines. And Brother Venable, they literally take sheep and oxen and start Killing them and eating the meat raw. Read Leviticus. Don't eat the meat with the blood. Because the honey was withheld, they start breaking laws. We come to preach to somebody tonight who's feeling weary. You know what you need? You need to be filled again. You need to be filled again. You need to come to this altar tonight with the same level of hunger that you had the night or the day that you were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because God has a plan for you. I know it might seem like it's a long way off right now. But he's got a plan for your future. He's got a plan for your present. But he wants to give you strength in the meantime in order to help you get there. I wonder if I have anybody here tonight under the sound of my voice that would say, you know what? I need a fresh touch. Of the Holy Ghost. It's not a one time favor from God. You need to be refreshed. You need the Holy Ghost. You need a taste of what heaven's gonna be like.